The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with your host, Ann Holiday. Ayurveda and yoga are often poorly understood, and there are many misconceptions about them. According to Ayurveda and Yoga is a series of shows on the concepts of this ancient knowledge of life and consciousness presented in a way which is easy to understand. Now, here is Ann Holiday. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. This is your host, Anne Holiday. What you do for yourself every day is much more important than what you do once in a while. So daily practices and routines are the key to adopting a healthy diet and lifestyle. Ayurveda has a few rules which will enhance the results as well. We've had seven programs so far dealing with the basic issues to consider, which is seven hours in total and is only the tip of the iceberg of information that's available. You would be right in thinking that there is hardly enough hours in the day to do everything that Ayurveda recommends. And of course, the practice is only going to work if it's practical and can be worked into your personal schedule. Helpful advice, too, is not to try to do everything at once, but to gradually work things into a routine which will fit into your lifestyle. There are two words which I think makes Ayurveda possible, and one is simplify, and the other is community. So let's start our discussion today with another key word, which is routine. This is extremely important, especially for vata aggravation. And if you don't have a particular schedule or are self-employed and are working at home, if every day has to be reinvented, then time has to be organized differently each day. So you waste a lot of time. I learned this when I had babies. A newborn baby is driven by its instincts which are governed by the energies of the universe. So if you let a baby sleep and eat when he or she needs to, it soon falls into the same routine as the sun and the moon. And if you follow the baby's routine, it will be very little trouble to you. But if you upset the routine, then the baby becomes much more difficult to manage. So with that thought in mind, we'll start with sleeping and eating routines. We, <clears throat> we learnt from Harish Mohan that the best time is to do yoga before sunrise. And there is a reason for this. It's because the earth has a particular energy at sunrise and sunset 
almost like a gasp. Many indigenous peoples have a ceremony to capture this energy, and the Indian culture calls it Agni Hotra. I personally would never have believed it unless I had experienced it. So why don't you try getting up just before sunrise, face the east and take some deep breaths and do some gentle stretching exercises. You can learn the sun salutation, which is called so because of being practiced at this time of day. You may not notice much at first, but if you do it regularly, you will soon see a difference. I'm sure you'll be thinking that there's no way you can get up that early and have eight hours of rest and to watch programs at night and check emails and do Facebook and all that. And it seems that we always find time for things to do other than sleep. So with that thought, if the sun is up at 6am, then the time to go to bed is 10 o'clock at night during the kapha time. And we naturally slow down and get sleepy in the kapha time. But if you wait until the earth goes into a pitta time, you'll wake up again. An old saying says, one hour before midnight is worth two afterwards meaning sleep before midnight, is much more valuable. So if you have a big project to complete, the best way is to go to bed before 10, set the alarm for early morning, and you'll find yourself to be much more alert, rested, and you'll achieve much more in your project. What most of us do is have a cup of coffee or tea first thing in the morning, and both are very dehydrating. And we are dehydrated anyway, especially if we live in a dry climate or our houses are heated or we have an air-conditioned bedroom. So the best thing to do is to take several cups of hot water first thing in the morning. Iced water or even cold water will deplete energy and the body doesn't absorb it in the morning anyway. You can add a little bit of lemon juice if you like. You may find that you feel a little nauseated when you first start doing this, and I really can't explain why this happens except to say that it's probably due to an accumulation of kaffir or undigested food in the stomach due to eating indigestible food the night before but you'll find that this will pass as the diet and digestion improves. Digestion is slow in the morning, so heavy foods should be avoided. It's best to eat fruit alone, and early morning is the best time. There's a lot of fructose in fruit, which gives energy. Apples are very good for digestion, and Vata people can cook them, and add a little clove or and cinnamon. Bananas are also very good to have uh, because they're rich in potassium, but they are kaffir, and some people have difficulty in digesting them. If you like, 
a, a fruit smoothie is is a good way to take in fruit, and the morning is the best time. But it is better to stick to sweet fruits and not mix and not to mix any dairy with it, like um, yogurt. Melons should not be mixed with other fruits. Always wash fruit, especially apples, which are copiously sprayed, and always eat organic fruit whenever possible. Vitamin C in citrus fruits is a delicate um, vitamin and disappears as soon as it hits the air. Commercial fruits have uh, commercial fruit juices have vitamin C added. So it's much better to eat citrus fruits like oranges, grapefruits and lemons as a whole fruit and not to put them into a smoothie. After fruit, it's best to wait a little while. So this is a good time to take a shower if you like to do that in the morning. My preference is to have a bath before going to bed, which helps to relax the body. It's a better time at night for babies and young children also. Ayurveda recommends oiling the body before a shower or bath and is another reason why it's better to bathe at night, especially in cold weather. Copious amounts of oil are used in Ayurveda, which is not practical in the West. I use just a small amount and massage it into the body and there are simple self-massage techniques which follow the flow of lymph and blood. It doesn't have to take very long, uh, but it is very nice, especially for older people, um, people with high vata, where the skin is very dry. You don't have to spend a lot of money on the products. Remember that if you cannot eat it, it shouldn't be put onto the body. And the best oils to use are sesame for vata and coconut for pitta. The problem with coconut oil is that it goes solid in the cold. But if you rub it in your hands uh, a little bit before, then it will soon melt. I use coconut oil when I travel as it's not so likely to spill. While the oil is soaking into the skin, Ayurveda recommends cleaning the senses. We all know about oral hygiene, but we do not recommend harsh chemicals in Ayurveda like Listerine and even commercial toothpaste. Ayurvedic toothpastes are available but even then, I don't know whether they use chemicals or not to preserve them. The best ones contain neem, fennel and maybe other Ayurvedic herbs, which help to keep the bacteria down in the mouth. This can be done also by using the herbs themselves, mixing it with bicarbonate of soda and making a tooth powder. The best care for teeth is to eat foods high in calcium and to eat raw hard foods like carrots and apples. 
Ayurveda recommends scraping the tongue to take away ama, which has accumulated over the night. You can buy a tongue scraper through an Ayurvedic supplier, but a spoon works just as well. We also recommend what is called an oil pull, and this is holding sesame oil in the mouth and swishing it between the teeth, both morning and night. It not only prevents dental caries, but it pulls mucus from the throat and sinuses into the mouth, and then it can be uh, you can spit it out. And this is very helpful for people with post-nasal drip and mucus. Remember that mucus is kapha and kapha is cold, so people with mucus issues should avoid cold and milky foods like ice cream and even uh, drinking ice-cold water. Ayurveda recommends using a neti pot, which is like a small funnel which fits into the nostril and warm salty water can be poured into the nose. The pot isn't really necessary. A little bit of warm salty water poured into the, put into the palm of the hand and then sniffed into the nose will work just as well. The salt will break up the mucus and allow it to flow out. I don't recommend harsh sniffing and blowing of the nose either, which is quite traumatic for the delicate mucous membranes in the nose and throat. We recommend washing the eyes with warm, sterile water. Water which has been boiled can be kept in a bottle and washed over the eyes in the shower. This is especially important in dry climates. Ghee is also a wonderful thing to put into the eyes, but that's better done at night and you shouldn't do it if you wear contacts during the day. Next is the ears. Now, I think that Q-tips are the worst thing that was ever invented for ears. They should only be used to clean the outside of the ears. Never poke them inside the ear to clean out wax, especially in babies and children. Wax is the natural protection of the eardrum. Ayurveda recommends a little oil or ghee placed in on the little finger and put inside the ear. This will help to keep the wax soft, but in healthy ears, even this is not necessary. Never put hot water in the ears, especially when you lie in the bath, where there is other bacteria from other parts of the body which can be introduced into the ears and, and cause an infection. The chemicals in swimming pools are very unhealthy for ears, so always put a little bit of cotton wool with some ghee or oil inside the ear to protect it when you're swimming. I wanted to mention here about going in outside with wet hair in cold weather. Always dry the hair thoroughly before going outside and wear a hat and something to protect the ears from the wind. 
Remember again that Catherine is cold, mucus is cold, and children, especially, are in the Catherine period of life. The body needs oil more than it needs soaps and perfumes. So we don't even use soap in Ayurveda, but we shower or bathe in hot water and wipe the body down, leaving a film of oil on the body. After dressing, we can complete breakfast. Fruit will have already been digested because it digests quickly, so the stomach will be ready to receive heavier food. The best, I think, is oatmeal. It's cheap and it can be eaten hot or cold and other things like wheat germ, bran and other grains can be added along with nuts, seeds, goji berries, dried fruits, raisins, all kinds of things. In the West, we eat a lot of bread which should be a way to get in a variety of grains. But heaven knows what they put in bread to preserve it nowadays because it lasts for weeks. White bread should be avoided altogether. Gluten intolerance is the latest thing, which is more likely to be related to the processing and the modifying of wheat than it has to do with the gluten itself. In Germany, they were they have gone back to grinding real wheat locally. And it's wonderful because when you walk down the street in the morning, you can smell them cooking the bread uh, in the small local shops. Heavy breakfasts, uh, including ham and eggs and cheese, should be avoided during the cafe time in the morning when the digestive fire is weak, and especially in Vata people and Kaffir people. So my guest today is Dr. Patap Johan from Jiva Ayurveda in Faridabad near Delhi in India. I will always be grateful to Dr. Johan as he was my first teacher and he conveyed his passion for Ayurveda to me many years ago. Dr. Johan always emphasized the importance of daily practice in Ayurveda to his students and to his patients. But today he and I will discuss home remedies, not to be confused, of course, with self-diagnosing. And we'll talk about that after a short break. The According to Ayurveda and Yoga Global Community welcomes you to join the conversation at atetv.com where you can share your experiences of holistic health, ask questions, make comments, and write blogs. It is through atetv.com that professional members committed to bringing authentic knowledge to the world can connect with you. Material from Ate Radio shows are also available. atetv.com. Visit ataytv.com today. 
Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You are listening to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with Ann Holiday. If you have questions or comments about our program, we would like to hear from you. Please contact us via email to info at ataytv.com. That's info at ataytv.com. Now, back to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Today, we, uh, I'd like to talk to you, Dr. Patap, about um, home remedies. What can people do in their own homes yes. out of things that they have in the kitchen or they can grow in the garden? Yeah. See, this, this area of home remedies is uh, very, very interesting. And many people are not aware that they have some wonderful uh, spices or some herbs in their kitchen or in their garden even. And they have amazing uh, medicinal properties which they are not aware of. And if they start learning a little bit about it, which we will talk now today, they can do uh, you know, much uh, better in the health also they will not be they, they, don't, they don't need to take too much uh, strong chemical medicines there are simple things and very effective oh, so yes. let's say like if you catch a cold for example now there is a cold and you have some runny nose and you feel a little bit feverish and you also have maybe weakness in the body so you take one teaspoonful of fresh uh, grated ginger and one teaspoon uh, coriander seeds which you can crush mix them in about 250 milliliter means like one big cup of uh, water and boil it for a few minutes when it is nicely boiled you can filter it and let it little bit cool down add a teaspoon of honey and drink it when it is lukewarm amazing results you know instantly you get energy your nose uh, becomes good you feel like like you have taken some very nice medicine you know <laughs> immediately it it works like a analgesic like a painkiller also it also gives you energy and it also 
helps to cure the uh, root cause of the cold. And it sounds to me that you wouldn't really necessarily have to have a cold to take that remedy. Yeah, especially in winters, nice in winter time, or if if, if, yeah, if it is cold in your area, this is very good yes. also to take normally also. And especially the, if the temperatures are changing. Yes. When you're more susceptible to yeah. colds. Because the coriander is good for digestion. It uh, helps to stimulate the digestive fire, which is called Chatharagani in Ayurveda, which is very, very important. When people have cold, their agni, their digestive fire becomes weak. Yes. So the coriander does the job. Ginger works uh, very wonderfully. It works to also stimulate the fire. As At the same time, it also helps to balance the kapha, which is the main cause for the cold. Yes, so the and the honey is amazing. You know, honey works as a catalyst. It in enhances the qualities of these spices. Plus, it also has its own properties. It uh, it gives you a lot of energy. It's uh, full of nutrients, and it's also anti-kapha. It also balances kapha. Beautiful. Yes. Now coriander for those listeners who is called cilantro in America anyway. Um, and I, but when you go to buy the seeds, it's it's called coriander. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The cilantro is the green leaves. Is the leaves. But the, when you go to the uh, shop, or maybe especially if you go to any Indian shop, you can easily find the coriander seeds. Yes. Or even coriander powder can be used. You know. Yes. The seeds are better though, aren't yeah. they? Because because the, you can crush because them. Because it's the the. Uh, it's, it's contained in the in the seed, yeah. and so as soon as you grind it up, you release that uh, potency. Nice, and also very nice fragrance, you know, it's yes. nice aroma, it's very beautiful. very very soothing, very very soothing for your nose also. <laughs> <laughs> well, coughs and colds are, are something that we all have to face, and it sounds to me like this would be a useful thing to do if you were going to travel. Yes, because yes. that's when we seem to be most. Um, susceptible to colds yeah. and flu and those types of things. Yeah. What about um, aches and pains? Mm-hmm. Pain, for instance, we see in Ayurveda. Like Ayurveda mostly, first of all, we try to understand what is the cause of the pain or the ache. You know, let's say like back backache or neck pain or headaches or joint pains. Generally speaking, you know, there can be different causes. Generally speaking, uh, it's a vata disease, according to Ayurveda, which means that you have uh, too much uh, dryness, stiffness in the body, or maybe there is a problem with the circulation. So, vata is primarily involved when we have aches or pains anywhere in the body. And in order to relieve uh, the pain or in order to balance the vata, a very nice thing is oil. Because vata is dry and it is cool and oil is lubricating and if you warm up the oil it gives you amazing results. So take sesame oil for example, warm up the oil and massage to the affected area. If you want to make it more effective, it's very nice to have some fresh ginger, chopped small pieces and also fresh garlic, also chopped into small pieces and just cook it in in the sesame oil on a slow fire. You can take like one tablespoon full of uh, chopped garlic, one tablespoon of chopped ginger, fresh, 
and uh, mix it in about 200 milliliter of sesame oil and then you can uh, just cook it on a very slow fire once the garlic and ginger they become a little bit brownish just stop the fire filter the oil when it's little cool and this oil can be rubbed on the affected area it's a very nice uh, instant relief and uh, balances vata but of course in Ayurveda we do suggest that you must take also something internal to balance the root cause of the disease so there are internal medicines which can be taken but just for a general relief this is very easy yes. and uh, anybody can use it especially anybody. for stiffness, stiffness after uh, exercise or something yeah like stiffness uh, it works in stiffness it works in pains and very very effective maybe after massaging you can also do a little bit of uh, uh, steaming maybe some kind of steam can be applied to the affected area then it makes it more effective yes yeah. heat heat yeah. because we have to remember that vata is cold yes. so anytime there is pain yeah. heat is is uh, the remedy for that yeah. and i think what i've learned from you most of all dr um, Pajab, is that um, it, you don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. You, can, yeah. you can take things from the kitchen yeah. and, and from, or even oh, yeah, definitely. things that you grow in your garden. Definitely. You don't have to. And especially all these uh, recipes uh, are well tested. It's not that I'm talking just like that. No, no. I have a very popular television show in India and millions of people watch my show and they have used these recipes and they, f- they give me f- feedback that it's quite effective. So all these recipes yes. that I'm talking about, they're already tested by people and yes. they're really very effective. Yes, and the thing that, things that you buy in the drugstore are going to have uh, medicines yeah. and the body doesn't accept those so yeah. readily yes. as, as it yes. does with food. The body is designed to uh, accept more natural things and that's why we should always try natural things of course, if there is something emergency or something you need to, you know, instantly suppress, mm-hmm. it's okay. But uh, I suggest, like, let's start with simple remedies and there's no need to rush to the hospital or to the doctor. And uh, I, will, I will also suggest that we should start working on our diseases the moment they appear, you know. We should not neglect them and let them become chronic because once they become chronic, then... It's really difficult to treat. Well, even Western medicine yeah. can't do much about it yeah. once it yeah. becomes yeah. chronic. But again, in Ayurveda, we have very nice medicines. Ayurveda is a medical system. Of course. And a huge part of Ayurveda deals only with pharma- pharmaceuticals, means making Ayurvedic medicines. Yes. And of course, uh, they are very, very effective medicines for chronic diseases, for so-called incurable conditions. We can do a lot, uh, lot of things. To the people and uh, we are doing it already in India we have now about 35 clinics all over India and we have a l- world's largest Ayurvedic telemedicine center where about 150 Ayurvedic doctors are giving consultations to people all over India via phone yes that's yeah. beautiful yeah. that's re- because there's so many people who are in the rural areas yeah, where don't have no access yeah, there's no doctors and, they don't, and these are simple things that yeah. they can deal with at home yeah. and we do it also for yes. the rest of the world through internet you know we do skype consultations yes. we do online consultations so 
it's uh, it's nice to use technology for doing something good. Yes, which <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh, is handy, that's yeah. for sure. Um, what about digestion? That's something that I think uh, most people are faced yeah. with at some time. Things like nausea, constipation, mm-hmm. diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all indigestion. When when someone has indigestion, this can lead to a number of symptoms like constipation, loose stools, diarrhea, or even constip- you know like hard stools you know mm-hmm. or sometimes uh, symptoms like dysentery you know, pain or some bloating or acidity hyperacidity these all all uh, different uh, so called symptoms are connected with indigestion so indigestion in ayurveda is explained as uh, improper functioning of the digestive fire which is called jatharagani and in order to fix the jatharagani of course if you want to really treat a person personal in a personalized way which is the method of ayurvedic treatments that we have to see the person yes. and what is the age what is the constitution where the person belongs and all these things and then we find out what is the root cause but generally we are talking here general things in general for digestion very nice formula people can make at home and everybody has these things in the home you have to just take uh, three things uh, fennel ginger and cumin fennel ginger cumin all in equal quantities in powder form so ginger powder fennel powder cumin powder equal quantities mix them together and from this mixture take 1 teaspoon after lunch 1 teaspoon after dinner with lukewarm water and this regulates the agni yes this right. regulates it's also for those of you who don't know agni is that's the digestive fire yeah. we call in ayurveda yeah so this is a good uh, but very important is that when you are doing some treatment when you are taking some remedies you should not increase the cause so one on one side you are taking something that's trying that's trying to help your jatharagani or digestive fire but on the other side you are eating large quantities of foods which are difficult to digest so they will make your digestive fire more weak so that's why we always say in ayurveda that uh, while taking any treatment remedies it's important to follow a specific diet and lifestyle mm-hmm. especially for digestive disorders it's uh, the root cause can be improper eating maybe you are eating too much uh, foods overeating maybe or you are eating too heavy foods which are difficult to digest like sweets for example milk products meats or um, you know uh, deep fried foods they are difficult to digest so we should we should also know this it's it's not that you just uh, take some medicine and you you do no 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 you do to the, get to yeah. the root cause yeah. of it and i think in today's world too so many people eat on the run they they don't really sit down and have a meal properly yeah, that's, and that's allow in, the food to digest that's what is called improper eating it's not only about yes. the quantity or the the quality of the yeah. food but it's also how you eat the food where you eat the food yes. how you chew the food what kind of foods you mix together this all is a huge uh, subject in ayurveda exactly and it this is the most important subject you know because most people don't realize if you do not digest the food what you have eaten the undigested food creates a very toxic uh, material in the small intestine which is called in ayurveda as ama 
and this ama is very dangerous it's the cause of many diseases i often say ama is the mama is the mother of all diseases because this can go into your joints and cause arthritis it can go into your lungs and cause asthma it can go into a small channel and block it and create a cyst there so it's a very dangerous thing so yes. and uh, that's why uh, the importance of digestion proper digestion is uh, so it's much emphasized so much emphasized in ayurvedic uh, um, system of medicine and often we say that all diseases originate from stomach you know yes <laughs> it's all digestion so that's, that's how even when you have a disease the yeah. disease has to be digested yes. doesn't it yes that's why we have to rest when yeah. we have uh, a disease yeah. that's why fasting so helps you know when you fast what you're doing you're just giving some rest to your digestive fire Yes. So when the digestive fire doesn't receive food from outside, it will eat up the toxins in the body. Start, yes. yes. So that's the process of it's Ayurvedic uh, treatment process also. Yeah. So that's why when we're doing a treatment, we always put the patient on a very light diet, you know, mm-hmm. so that we don't uh, put too much burden on the digestive fire. Yes. And create more ama. Yes. Yes, I think that. Um, the way that uh, with foods that are convenient convenience yeah. food yeah. has literally been the cause of so much yeah but i i don't and it starts I, with digestion yeah but i don't uh, believe that you know convenience there are a lot of convenient foods you know you can buy an apple <laughs> oh yes i don't yeah. mean you know what i mean by convenience food okay. i mean fast foods and and junk food yeah, and fa- things that just yeah, that's what i'm trying to say that people just through the mouth Yeah people think that fast food is uh, because our lifestyle is very fast we don't have time so they pick up something which is very convenient to them but i i usually say that we have super fast foods also you can eat apple you can eat some almonds you can eat walnuts raisins dates yes. you don't have to do anything just pick up and eat Yes. There's no no nothing required. If you're super fast, you eat super fast foods. Yes, I always have it. Make sure that they're very good. A good food. Yes. They're good. It doesn't have to be a junk food, does it? To be a convenience food. And I think that another thing that's that's important when it comes to digestion is to only eat when you're hungry. Yes, of course, because you only fill your tank of the car when it is empty or when, it, when it is low you know you low. don't fill it when it is full already you know? if you keep putting food into into the stomach which is already digesting yes. food you never really yeah. digest the food properly yeah. it's like when you're cooking something in the kitchen and it's not fully cooked and imagine you add some more raw vegetables into this <laughs> so then it will be like yes. half yes. baked or half cooked yes. whatever half cooked yes So it's it's uh, the same in the stomach. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Patap. Um, Dr. Patap has kindly uh, agreed to put many of his uh, home remedies on on the website at www.atetv.com, and uh, there is a, a wide range of home remedies for many many different conditions that we all run into every day. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank Dr. you. Pitta. Thank you and uh, keep Joanne. doing the good work and I wish you good luck with your mission to spread ayurveda and help the people. Thank you very much. Thank you.
The According to Ayurveda and Yoga Global Community welcomes you to join the conversation at atetv.com, where you can share your experiences of holistic health, ask questions, make comments, and write blogs. It is through atetv.com that professional members committed to bringing authentic knowledge to the world can connect with you. Material from Ate Radio shows are also available. Atetv.com. Visit ATAYTV.com today. You are listening to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with Ann Holiday. If you have questions or comments about our program, we would like to hear from you. Please contact us via email to info at ataytv.com. That's info at ataytv.com. Now, back to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Welcome back. This is your host, Anne Holiday, discussing daily practices and routines. Dr. Johan has written many books on Ayurveda, and they are very practical. They are available at www.jiva.com. I will have a whole library of his tips and more available to you. They're not all up on the website yet, but they will be there. Many people say to me, How will I ever find time for all of this? But actually, you'll find that it's simpler and less expensive and the results will be far-reaching. It does take a little bit of planning and awareness, putting physical and mental well-being first, and it does require some self-discipline. But you'll soon realise that you have more time and are happier and more productive, never mind what your age is. We are so affected by advertising today and peer pressure used to be something we associated with teenagers but now every generation is following the pressure to spend money, follow fashion, eat out, keeping up with the Joneses. Most of us, if not all, homes have at least one television which is on all day long in some cases. And there will be an advertisement every few minutes. But there certainly won't be an ad telling you what I'm telling you, that you don't need any of this stuff. It's just making your life more complicated. Everything these days is funded by companies trying to get you to spend money, which on things that most people don't need. I have lived on boats in very small spaces, and I will tell you, that you can live very well without very much stuff. The, the television is pervasive, mind-altering and divisive. It is the big brother that George Orwell predicted. Not that there aren't any good things to watch, but even that can be addictive and time-wasting. There is so much more to life than the television. It is a passive activity which moulds, homogenises people without them realising. Now to continue with the discussion which was started before the break, we'll go on now to talking about the midday meal, which is when we should eat most of the, uh, our food. 
This presents a big challenge today, especially with school children, where we depend on what the local school district will provide. And from what I've seen, this food is of very poor quality. And young children need the very best quality of food because and a lot of rest. And this sets the stage for eating habits for life and for health. And this is where India and China are far more sophisticated than the US anyway. Even though there is a growing awareness, the reality is a long way to off. All over India, ashrams will feed the poor and they can get good, freshly cooked food there. I myself have eaten there. They're open to anyone who wishes to help cook and to eat there. They cook huge pots of dal and rice, fresh vegetables and chapatis <coughs> made from whole wheat flour. It's very simple food, but it's nutritious and good, and the people themselves run these places. In China, fast food is available everywhere, but it'll be like a cooked yam or a boiled egg or a dumpling, perhaps, and although they're can be issues with hygiene for Westerners, the food is wholesome and freshly cooked. Refrigeration is limited in these places, but that means that all food is freshly cooked. And the only time I was sick in China was when I ate European food, which had been in the fridge, in the refrigerator. And one of the rules of Ayurveda is not to eat leftover food because it's tamasic or it's dead food. So in India, all food is thrown away that's, that's left over. When I was growing up, there wasn't much in the way of refrigeration and there were community kitchens which cooked for the schools. Our school meals were fabulous and were mainly managed by mothers at home. And parents depended on that meal in the middle of the day for their children, which is very important because children will run out of energy in the afternoon. And this is where community and local democracy must come back, where we can take care of each other's needs instead of having our needs dictated to us. I really saw this in Mumbai, where there is an amazing system run by food waller, wallers. And a food waller is the name of a man who provides something like a chai waller, who makes tea at the side of the road. And this army of men take food into the city for workers who have to travel in from the villages. They collect home-cooked food from their homes in the morning in home containers, take it on the bicycles to the trains. On, on the trains, they sort out what dishes go where and deliver the food to the, to the people working in the city. And then they pick up the dishes, take them back to the homes at night. They deliver 250,000 meals a day without a computer program, without any government assistance. So this community has addressed a problem which they had by mutual cooperation.
communities are much more able to solve their own problems, and surely if India can do it, so can we. And it's happening in Portland, Oregon too. They have introduced the food cart in the city, where people working in the cities can get freshly cooked food at reasonable prices. It's marvelous, and the people love it. We could do the same for schools, nursing homes, and put people without work actively participating in growing the food and cooking it for the community. I was staying in an ashram in Germany for a while, and there were many people there, and even families, who were homeless, and some had had addictions, and they could live there free of charge, but they had to work. They worked in the garden, in the kitchen. They cleaned and did maintenance work, and they had to clean up after themselves, of course. In doing this, they also learned how not only to look after themselves, but in uh, to be part of a community that's working together for one goal. Lack of community and the breakdown of family has created huge problems for us in modern society. Many people who live alone, especially men, do not eat properly. And I always recommend soups because they are an excellent way to make an inexpensive meal and a slow cooker is a boon to do this. Ayurveda has a dish called Kichari, which is a rice and bean combination with digestive spices, ginger and ghee. Potatoes are a staple of the Western diet, but I won't eat these anymore because they are literally grown in poison. I'm a vegetarian, but I do like eggs, but I won't eat these in the West either when I know how these poor creatures are treated. Even when they say free range, it hardly means anything. And I will say that you haven't tasted an egg if all you've ever eaten is an egg from battery hens. The main expense comes in with this type of diet is with staples like nuts, and I'm recommending almonds, those are the best. But buy, always buy them in bulk if you can, because many are salted or processed if they're in a can. Most nuts should be bought in the shell, because as soon as they're shelled, they start to go rancid. If you suspect nuts are old, always take them back. Raisins, dates, figs and dried fruits are also important. And if you have vata issues, these should be soaked first. Iron-rich foods should be included in the diet every day, such as dark green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach. And these can be grown on very small patches of land. Beetroot is very rich in iron, uh, so is molasses, whole grains, and sugar cane or jaggery, which is a raw sugar without refinement. Root vegetables are a good food because they store nutrients from the soil in which they grow. So it's especially important for root vegetables to grow in rich organic soils.
If you want to eat a little meat or fish, make sure you know the sauce. If you like fish, eat wild, not farmed, and eat small amounts. And remember that we don't have the digestive system for meat, and ama will be created, which eventually will turn into disease. The kapha time is between 6 and 10 in the evening, and lighter food should be eaten at this time. Ayurveda doesn't recommend hard cheeses, but light cheese like goat cheese, feta or paneer can be eaten. Small amounts of heavy cheese can be eaten in the middle of the day, and a small amount of good cheese is better than a mountain of processed cheese. So now we'll talk about beverages. Carbonated drinks, especially sugar-loaded drinks, should be avoided except perhaps for naturally carbonated water. A good cup of freshly ground coffee every day is a good thing, but it must be limited. And you should not drink water, uh, especially ice water, with meals, as this will deplete the digestive fire, which is very important for older people whose digestion is weaker. Ayurveda recommends herbal teas, which can easily be made at home using fresh ginger, simply ground, grated up and infused in boiling water. An equal mix of fennel, coriander and cumin seeds, boiled for a short while and strained with a little honey, makes a wonderful tea. Honey bought in the supermarket comes from commercially raised bees fed on sugar and and I believe are susceptible to disease and are given antibiotics. This honey will not be the same as honey bought at the farmer's market, even though you may have to pay a little bit more. In Ayurveda we say not to heat honey, perhaps a little bit in a cool drink, but not foods that have honey cooked into them like cereals or cakes, health bars and things like that. Ayurveda says that honey turns into a glue-like substance when heated and blocks the channels. There should be at least two hours between the evening meal, so eight o'clock at the very latest, preferably six in the evening, is the best time to eat dinner. It's a good time to wind down before bed, especially for children. Babies and young children should be in bed by seven, as 12 hours of rest is important for them. A period of preparation for bed, perhaps a bath, a little meditation or reading of good literature, will help sleep. The bedroom should be kept for sleeping. No television, computers, electronics on chargers should always be put out of the bedroom and turned off. A nourishing drink at bedtime is a little boiled organic milk with some ground nutmeg, cinnamon and cardamom, even saffron will help sleep. You can add raisins, almonds and a little honey. Try to be in bed at the same time every night, at least on school and work nights. 
Ayurveda recommends adding spices to food, but not hot chilies as in typical Indian food. The digestive spices are cumin, coriander, fennel, turmeric, ginger, salt and pepper and of course garlic. A simple digestive mix taken after meals as Dr. Johan suggested or thinly sliced ginger with a little fresh lime juice is very helpful after meals for digestion. Managing stress is a big part of modern day living and for the most part we can't do much about our stress but we can control how we deal with it. Stress is linked to leading causes of death such as cancer, heart disease, lung disease, accidents, suicide and depression is predicted to be the leading occupational disease of the 21st century. Ayurveda and yoga diet and lifestyle are the best ways to manage stress. Ayurveda says that we must not suppress our natural urges, such as crying, defecating, urination, vomiting, sleeping, hunger, thirst, ejaculation, belching, breaking wind, sneezing, breathing and yawning. Now, some form of exercise every day is most important. Yoga and pranayama are simple means to work into a busy schedule. Swimming is very good when we're older, especially, as there isn't the weight-bearing stress on the joints. Walking, using the stairs, climbing hills are excellent ways and leaving the car at home works well too. We have hardly touched on all the aspects of daily practice, but there are YouTubes in the daily practice playlist which will give you more information. There are food lists for the doshas and food combination information and a kitchri and ghee recipe on the website. There will be many more as the site progresses, but there's not too much just yet. Don't forget to take the questionnaires and listen to the videos. Remember, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. So until next week, I'll leave you with one last thing to do for your health, and that is to laugh. <laughs> for now. Thank you for tuning in to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Be sure to join Anne Holiday again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about Anne, our radio program, and supplemental information about what you've heard today, please visit the website ataytv.com Until our next program, wishing you health and happiness.